You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Hey, 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 what's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Guy Therapy. We are a therapeutic podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite people, Joe. Yes, sir. What's happening, brother? Oh, you know, not a lot. Just happy to be here. We are missing our other co-host. Yeah, man. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. He's paying bills and yeah. we're podcasting. So that's all, it's all good, right? It's all work. Yeah. That's right. So again, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. If this is your first time listening to us, know that we are a therapeutic podcast. That is our tagline. That's what we say. That's what we tell everybody. That's so right. I told some people earlier, I was like, hey, we're a therapeutic podcast, man. Yep. And we're here for black people. We're here for black men in particular. We are here uh, to vent about things that we are not able to vent about in real life with some of our other colleagues, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and this is much needed. Yeah. This is much needed. Uh, and, and and we're trying to fill a void, right? We are filling a void. Yeah, we are. We are doing that. Yep. We are definitely doing that because it's not too many. Uh, I ain't really seen anybody else doing what we're doing but um i'm sure there's somebody there's always somebody doing something gotta be yeah. gotta be or somebody doing some some groundwork somewhere so primarily it's gonna be some hip-hop or pop culture stuff that you're gonna hear about right the, the right. you know the latest well, gossip and that's the thing they use they use hip-hop and pop culture to semi-express their feelings right, right? because what they're pushing out is how they really feel exactly and that's just another way to vent using entertainment Using as, the, as the draw yeah. exactly and we don't do it that way we just kind of talk about it it is what it is so and and there's no there's no reason to sugarcoat it and you know i've i've i've, I've, I've ugh, i'm sorry i've even been told by people that um I, I know we think those things but you shouldn't say those out loud <sighs> damn that yeah we're saying them out loud i ain't got nothing to hide that's no more right. so that's right anyway uh if this is your first time listening to us again welcome to black guy therapy um each week we try to talk about something different. We try to talk about something that affects us or something that deals with, um, you know, black people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time it deals with black men. Right. But today, uh, you know, I got an interesting question. I got something that I want to talk about. And later we're probably going to have a guest uh, to talk about it, too. Okay. Uh, so that we'll probably do that in, in the in the later part of the hour. But here's my question for you, Joe, and maybe you can answer it. And I'd like to get your feedback on it anyway, even if you can't answer it. Okay. So do you think that sports has set us up? And and when I say sports, do you think that organized sports like high school, middle school, college, collegiate sports, right? Do you think that that has set us up to uh, pass or I'm sorry, set us up to succeed as as black men in this world or to uh, set us up to fail as black men in this world? Oh, my God. Oh, that. uh <laughs> That's a great question. That's one that I'm glad you're bringing it up because yeah. it does need to be talked about. It sure and does. Short answer. Yes. And no. Elaborate. <laughs> I need to know. I, I need to know what you're feeling here. So. Basketball was my sport of choice. But basketball was my sport of choice because that's what everybody was doing in my family, in my neighborhood. Okay. So it wasn't like it was a unique idea that I that I had developed on my own because of a skill set that I had honed. It was this is what you're supposed to do. So go do it. So I went and did it. Right. And I chased it all the way through college. Basketball to this point has done nothing for my life. Now, you you were a collegiate athlete, right? Yeah. Okay, And you play uh, college basketball and you're saying that to this point 
and 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 what you just celebrated your 40th birthday. Happy birthday yeah, to Joe. Appreciate it. Um, you're saying to this point it has done nothing. Let me quantify, well, qualify that statement first. Okay. It's done nothing for me as far as financial. Okay. The one thing I will say it has done is it's given me a love for developing people. It has contributed to that. So even to this day, I coach like in, in January, starting January, I'll be coaching again, uh, 11 and well, 10 and 11, maybe 12 year olds at the YMCA. So it has developed that desire to help, you know, build up and, and develop skills and emotional stability, things like that. It has done that. But for me as an individual, as far as net worth, it's done nothing. And in my neighborhood, the reason most people were chasing it, the hope of the check. Right. That's what they saw on TV. That's they what they saw, saw the on life. TV. They saw all that. Yes. And they didn't see the sacrifice that goes into that. Or right? the work. Or the work, right? And, and I think I might have mentioned it before. I didn't have things designed like after I graduated high school, because I was okay in high school. I had a late start to everything because... I didn't have any goals, any dreams because of the neighborhood I came from. Basketball was just what you did, but you didn't prepare for it for real. So my cousin and I, we worked together and we were just trying to outdo each other. Basically, that's how I got better. Okay. But even beyond that, that next level, I didn't have any idea about improvement plans. Like, how do I get from the skill set that I have today to another one tomorrow. How do I build on top of the foundation that I have right now as an athlete to get better? I didn't have any of that. So it was all just this blind hope that by some miraculous chance, I would just get better and I would get to the next level. So at the college level, mm-hmm. did you did you not have any like coaches or anybody who, who helped or who tried to develop any of those skills or, or did they, you know, cause, cause sometimes coaches know like this guy is probably not going to be the best player. Like this guy's not going to go to NBA, NFL, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Coaches know that. Right. But when they know that they try to develop that player into something else. Yeah. So did you have a coach who even tried to develop you into something else or cause here's the thing. I know you said that, yeah, sports hasn't done anything up or hasn't done anything for me up to this point monetarily. Mm-hmm. But I say maybe it did, right? Maybe maybe doing those sports in college helped you cuz you said it, it it's helped you develop your skills to to teach others, Elsewhere, right? Yeah. So, has that not helped you in your your career? Because if it's helped you in career, is that not helping you monetarily? Or am I am I am I thinking no, that's too deep actually, there? No, no, that's a good question. So to answer the first part, no, I didn't have anybody. I went to an NAIA, so okay. D one, two, three, okay. and then I can't remember what's in between that and NAIA, but it's something in between there, and then it's JUCO under that. Yeah. So I was just above JUCO. The reality was, I went to an HBCU where the president is the longest standing president of a HBCU, and he was that role for like. 55, 60 years. Oh, wow. So perspective. Old old person there. Old person, which means old ideas, right? right? So he was still trying to run the school like he was back in the the 50s. And you know what I mean? So it wasn't a progressive school. So that means that the things that they were doing weren't progressive. So I didn't have anybody looking at me like, let me dig down into this onion and, and pull out the next layer. You got talent. Right. But how can we maximize your talent? No, it was. Okay. 
But we got this guy who really can't shoot, really can't dribble, but he can jump out the gym. I'm playing that guy or this is the guy that I want. You know what I mean? So that's what really, at the end of the day, ended my basketball career when I realized, number one, there was no loyalty. Yeah, especially at that level. Especially at that level. College level, because everybody's trying to go to the league, right? So, yeah, there's no, it's, and they always try to, and it's, even when I was in college, um, the, our coaches, and I went to a D1 school, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, I went to an SEC school. Yeah. And I played at SEC school, right? So That's, that's baby pro. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's funny because what you said, I remember my coach, uh, Trooper Taylor. Um, Trooper Taylor, he's, he's a, a coach at Duke now, uh, Duke football. Mm-hmm. But he always used to say, yeah, we got y'all this year and you're good. But next year we're going to try to out-recruit you. Right. Right. So they're trying to bring in somebody 10 times you. better than mm-hmm. you. Right. Yep. So it, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's crazy. And it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a game changer when you recognize that. So what I, what I recognized pretty quickly was I wasn't the fastest, couldn't jump the highest. I was very, very balanced. I could do everything good, but nothing great. Right. The thing that I could do the best was shoot. But even beyond that, I mean, like, let's be real. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? It, yeah. This is predating the Steph Curry era where threes were the primary source of your offensive production. Yeah. So we're not talking about just a guy sitting out there shooting. But that's what my cousin and I, that's what we did. We worked on trying to outshoot each other. So I got really, really good at jump shooting and everything else. I was okay. I was, right. You know what I mean? Collegiate level, I, I might have been even a little bit below that standard. So now jumping to the second portion of that. How has that actually been able to help in other areas of your life? Basketball, well, sports. Let's talk sports in general. Sports does something for your, not just your character, because it teaches you, especially when you start going higher and higher in levels, nothing is going to be given to you. If you can't play, if you can't perform, you will not be here. So I already understood that. The second piece to that is, there's a camaraderie that you build with your other people and a confidence that you build in yourself and your, your ability and willingness to speak to other people. It grows. Yep. I believe that. So here I am today. And in my role, I primarily speak to people. We're talking executive level to your hourly employee. I speak to all of them. And because of the, the vast difference in character of the people that I came into contact with through my journeys, I can talk to that executive. I can also talk to that hourly employee and we can vibe the exact same way. So yes, in a sense, I I agree with you. That's that's actually a good call out because, because of that experience, I've been able to develop these skills that helped me here. But because I had to walk away from basketball, it forced me to start picking up odd jobs and, and just building this resume. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. I don't, I only have an associate's degree. So I, I didn't spend a ton of time getting the papers that are quote unquote required right. to get those great jobs. I didn't have that. So all I could do was build up my value touching these different areas of the business. So when I, when I think about my wife, for instance, mm-hmm. she went to school, she's got all these degrees, but her degrees are specific to teaching. She couldn't come into my world. Right. I couldn't go into hers either as a teacher but there are other worlds that I can go into outside of what I do right now and be fine outside of teaching. She can't go on a LinkedIn and just reach out and be like, Hey, yeah, I want to, I want to come and work part of your it 
staff. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So right, right, right. Just just an interesting thing I, I kind of thought about, but yeah, because I had to walk away from basketball, it forced me to do all these other things that brought me to this point where I am today. That's a, that's an interesting perspective, um, and I'm, I I feel like I'm I'm about to hit this from from a different angle. Okay, okay. and th- my angle may be totally left field, but this is this is how I how I see it. You know, I think I think sports in general, mm-hmm. collegiate sports high school sports, whatever, whatever grade or level level Mm -hmm. of sport you played. Again, like to echo what you said, it builds you, it builds your character. It helps, it helps you develop. It it lets you know that, Hey, look, life sucks. It (laughs) it gets real quick. So you got to be ready to deal with sudden change. And I I tell my, I I tell uh, my wife this all the time. I'm like, sudden change. You got to deal with sudden change. Mm -hmm. And, and football is a great teacher of sudden change because I mean, you may have the ball and then there's an interception, right? Yep. So that's a sudden change. Yep. Uh, but I guess I say this. Yes, it's, it, it sets you up. It, it sets you up for success. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. It, so does. it can. It can. It yeah. can. Does it always? No. Because at the level that I was playing at, you had guys who their whole, they only came to college to go as a formality exactly yeah. i have to go here before i can go here yep right so when you're dealing with people like that what happens to those people when they don't make it yeah oh right my God. now see here's the thing when they don't make it you see the coaches ain't there helping them <laughs> move on to the next next path right on to the because, next player because here's right they're on to the next player now they focus they want the, their support staff to help you, right? Mm-hmm. You have a mentor, you'll have an academic counselor. But here's the thing if you never learn those skills to begin with, the, the academic skills to begin with at mm-hmm. the, the, the middle school, high school level, mm-hmm. then when you get to college and you're trying to do these things, um, you're going to fall behind, amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Preach, brother. So, so when you fall behind, Who's who's there to who's there to pick you up? Because if you're not you in college, if you don't pick your damn self up, ain't nobody gonna pick you up. They're gonna let you not. fall behind, and then you're done. Yep. And then you're back at home. Yep. And then you're not doing nothing. And you talk about how great you used to be. Yep. Right. So, is that is that the 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 job of the school to to help you succeed? I, is it? Or I say this: Is it the job of the school to force you to succeed? Like, hey, look, you're not gonna make it. You 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 gonna be the ones that are not gonna make it, so you need to do this. I think that schools gr- provide great opportunities for that, right? They, I know, I, I went to Tennessee. I know Tennessee does. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a great support staff to, okay. that would that would help you uh, transition. But interesting, you got people, you got former teammates. I have that they they left. They didn't make it to the league. They left. They went home, and now they're back at home doing nothing. Yep. Or they're—I mean—they're back at home working, but it's not—they're 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 not going to reach their full potential, right? Like, because right. it's like, damn, if you would have finished your degree, you could have got this over here. And just like what you said to to, to that thing to to your point earlier, you're like, well, I can touch because of what I learned at that level. I can touch here, 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 and mm-hmm. here. So I guess I say that to say. If they did it right, they could also touch here, 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 and here, right? Yeah. I'm in my job not because, um, you know, because I, I knew what I was doing or I had the qualifications to get in. I knew somebody. Right. And they gave they gave me – now, granted, I had to do the interviews and go through and all that stuff. Of course. But, but they gave me 
they gave me perspective and they gave me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and I say that to say that playing at the collegiate level, playing at any level, really, if somebody remembers you, they will give you an opportunity Absolutely. to succeed. Absolutely. But it's up to you to take the opportunity, right? Because if not, you'll end up like a bunch of people that I know or it's just, you'll be back at the crib. That we all know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and, you're right. And I and I hate that because it, in, in my mind, it seems as if, again, sports sets us up to succeed. It can, but yeah. at the same time, it can set us up to fail. Yeah. Because if 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 we're not if I'm a kid from the hood, again, I don't know nothing. I mean, I know I went to school because I I had to go to school to play ball. Like yeah. when I get to college, that nothing changed. Right. right. I'm not I didn't all of a sudden become a, a student. A scholar. <laughs> right. I, I I'm yeah. still an athlete. Yep. I didn't become a student. I came here as an athlete. Yep. So it's just I don't know, man. It, I just Maybe I feel that the grade school level is is failing us a little bit. I, oh, absolutely. I agree. And and let's be real. How many teachers do you know if, if somebody was good, they just gave them grades? Right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And and the so two things. I'm a, I'm gonna take a detour, but I'm a, I'm gonna put a pin in the detour and let me talk to what you're talking about. Okay. The most interesting thing, I think about like a guy. Uh, Vince Young. Yeah. Vince Young was one of the most talented athletes I'd ever seen. But you could tell Vince had been spoiled by just people consistently giving him stuff. Vince Young, two years in a row in Pasadena, California, beat two teams in the Rose Bowl, Michigan being one of them. I don't remember who the second one, it doesn't matter. (laughs) He beat up on Michigan by himself. Yeah. The skill set was there. What wasn't there was the emotional stability that's required to be a grown man. Mm. And the problem with that is you're going to learn it eventually. Yeah. But it's probably going to be too late, which was the case with him. He came here to Tennessee, played for the Titans after. Because did the Titans draft him? No, we drafted him. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, Titans drafted him. He was basically out of the league as a Titan. I think he got another shot, but – yeah. I remember his last game as a Titan. Do you remember it? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> when he took his pads off and was trying to get at people in the crowd, trying to fight them. Oh, no, I'd say I don't even remember Yeah, that. that was the last time we saw him in a Titans jersey. Wow. The point is, emotionally, he was unstable because the point you made, people just gave him and passed him. Yeah. You mentioned something a second ago that I think is brilliant, too, and I want to I wanna go left for a second, and I'm going to bring up God. Okay. There is no way that I can go and say, God, please make me LeBron James. It's not going to happen, right? No, not at all. What I believe is God has blessed each and every person on this planet with their own abilities. The problem is some people don't like that their ability is not to be LeBron James and that maybe their ability is to deal with electricity. So, hey, you'd be a fantastic electrician. They don't want to accept that as I can do this at a high level for me. Right. So I look at myself. The role that I'm in, the position that I found myself in currently, God didn't just 
push people out the way, start stiff arming people and say, hey, no, this is for Joel. It's not what he did. What he did is he said, when I was born, here's some skills. From now until this age, what are you going to do with them? And it's the same thing with sports. Nobody, most of us are blessed with natural gifts. Athleticism is a natural gift. It is. You can't make somebody more athletic. No, you can't teach. You can't teach athletics. You can't. Yeah. You can teach technique. That you can. You can help somebody develop a, another level of drive to continue to push work ethic, habits. You can teach that. You can't teach the found the foundation of sports with this, which is athleticism. You can't teach yeah. that. And I mean, think about it. Lots of coaches they they get kids just because they're athletic. That's <laughs> it, man. If you can run fast, jump high, you're just naturally strong. You got a shot. Exactly. You got a shot. So. To your point again, just kind of tying this up. When I think about the guys I went to school with, it was one guy, a good friend of mine, Jason Malloy. He played football and basketball. He was all everything in both sports. He got a, a full ride for football, though, as a middle linebacker at Western Michigan. Had a fantastic game one year against Michigan. I, I, it was like maybe 14, 17 tackles, something ridiculous. So the guy, he was good enough to play NFL. But you know what happened to him? Went, he didn't graduate and he went home. No, no. He was actually one of the real good students. Oh. He got hurt. Oh, And yep. he had about three or four surgeries on that same shoulder. Yep. Then you're done. And he's done. Yeah, NFL don't want you then. But you know, he's turned that into, he was uh, athletic director at a school. He was the, the principal. Just all of these things because he was still here. He was beyond us when we were young. We were still doing dumb stuff. Me and one of my good friends, Damon. So it was three of us, really. It was Damon, Jason, and myself. Damon and I were the dumb ones in the sense that we wanted to act a fool. Our, we got our, our, our diplomas held on graduation because we wanted to get up on the roof and start acting a fool for the, for the people out there in front of the building. <laughs> Jason was telling us to get down. One of the, like the, the hallway monitors was, Jason, tell them to get down. Right. That's how much respect. And I didn't think about it until I got old. They told him to tell us to get down. They didn't say get down. They said it to him because they had that much respect for him right. and his character. So I bring that up simply to say this. There are so many people in our communities and our neighborhoods that have this expectation that I have to go this route. But there's the things that go behind the scenes like your character, your, your morals, your ethics, your integrity, which Jason had in abundance at a young age, and we didn't. And that's what's missing. So when these guys are fortunate enough to be blessed with this raw athleticism and they don't have the character and the morals and the ethics because of the unfortunate circumstance they come from, they may even have the ability to get to the next level. But all it takes is one thing to challenge them as a man or to ch them to right. get mad about. Right. And now this becomes way more important than tomorrow. Right. It's funny you bring that up because I can remember, and I'm not going to say his name, but we had a guy on our team. He, phenomenal athlete could play he could run for days he could jump out the gym matter of fact he was so good they wanted him to play basketball too wow that's how good he was yep. so think about that you're a d1 yes. football player they recruit you for football but the basketball team's like hey uh yes. <laughs> come on over here <laughs> right yes um that dude had all the talent in the world but he couldn't he couldn't leave his home i mean although he was away from home he still was doing stuff he would do at home, selling right. drugs, doing, you know, doing yep. dumb shit, right? Yep. Essentially. Yep. Um, and, and like you say, 
it's it's like they don't have an they they don't understand that because yeah. they can't see beyond. Yes. But some but some of us do right. Mm-hmm. We we say okay, look, I know this this didn't work out for me. Yeah. But <laughs> I I used the pro like I took advantage of this process. Mm-hmm. This process gave me a degree, mm-hmm. and and hell now, and and I'm using football for example. But think about it, you got they they put you on track when you come in to have you graduate in three years. So, and then you still got two years of eligibility, right? If you didn't register yep. or if you registered it. Right. So you get the opportunity to get a bachelor's and a master's degree for free. On somebody else's dime. All you, all you got to do is play football, show mm-hmm. up and play. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, people use this system. If you use the system the right way and you get, you know, if you got semi right mind, you'll be okay. Yeah. Again, like I said, I, I feel that, that, there are, there are schools, there are, let's be real. Sports is a business. Absolutely. The NCAA is a business. Big the, business. A big business. Their mm-hmm. job is to make money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their job is strictly to make, they don't give a, they don't care about the athletes. At all. They, they only care about their bottom line. Mm-hmm. So um, you got these people out here making all this money, not caring about the athletes. Think about how many athletes get left behind who don't even have a clue what to do next. Because yep. that's what I saw a lot, too. You see people who graduate because, let's be real, you get a degree. Like, they say, oh, you're going to come here. You're going to be the man. You're going to go to the NFL. So you 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 major in some BS degree. Yep. So now you got a BS <laughs> degree yeah. that you can't really do nothing with on the outside. Mm-hmm. You got a degree, but it was like, okay, well, what do I do with this degree? Right. And and I and I'm I feel like I'm one of those people. I got a degree in communication. I was like, what do I do with communication now? Yeah. Obviously, I'm doing a podcast now, and, so and I'm using my speaking skills that I learned uh, in school. Um, that's not the norm. Yeah, that's not the norm, though. You get these people who get um, these physical education degrees yeah. or. You know something. Commun- I'll throw communication there. Communicate because communication was the degree at, at UT at least that if you didn't know what you was gonna do, shit, I, I'm gonna do communication, yep. right? And because it was yeah. it was easy. Yep. Um. So you have a bunch of kids who who end up like this, where they use the system, they have a degree, and they try to get out and do something for themselves, but everybody's railroading them. Like, hey, look, we, I mean, you need a degree in this, and yeah. you're like, well. Sh- shit like what do i do right um so you know i think a lot of a lot of kids get left behind that way using the system going the right way and and then you have those kids who almost resent the process right because they're like well damn i i gave my heart and my soul to this university and i got this degree and now i'm out trying to work and nobody wants to hire me Mm -hmm. and now i'm depressed and now i don't have any money and now i'm reverted back to what I was doing before I came yep. to this university. In some instances, yep. some people just go back home and they never do anything. Yeah. Right. It's terrible, man. The, the biggest travesty is that the majority of the athletes, let's talk NBA, NFL. Was it? 90% black in both of them. Pretty much. Football is probably because there's so many more players on each team. So I, I, let's let's say it's 75, 25. Okay. NBA is at least 85, 90 to 15, 10, at least. The trauma that we suffer, and, I, and I'm, I'm, this, I'm in my Todd mode right now. <laughs> the 400 years of trauma that was suffered by our people 
it still lends itself to our behaviors today. I believe that. When I see the lack of emotional control that people have today, I see I see these dudes that come from these single parent households like myself. Right. That want to be tough. And they they real hard, real hood, real, you know, real grimy dudes, right? But then they'll cry. And it lets me know that you're not a tough guy. You're misguided and you're emotional. And you don't have any control over your emotions because you don't have an outlet to get those emotions in control. It was a guy I played high school ball with. Phenomenal athlete. He, he was just a good basketball player. But emotionally, he wasn't there. So he could never stay on the team. He would quit like every <laughs> other game. And I mean, he'd come in, hit a game, he had like 25, and then he quit the team. So... I don't know, man. It's, it's tough. So, you know, I, I I told you we were going to have a guest on later, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to play with this guy. This is one of my one of my my main player partners. We we used to we used to hang out. He we, we got stories that we probably shouldn't share with, with share. anybody else, right? Don't share. <laughs> but um, his name's Derek Furlow. Okay. Um, or Derek Furlow Junior. Um, okay. He has his, he's a junior. Okay. But he played with me in Tennessee. Now, uh, Derek. Very, very smart individual. Derek was one of the people who he was thinking ahead. You know, he's thinking next year and we in this year, right? right. That, that, that was just the type of person he was. Gotcha. And um, he's so smart. He wrote a book. He wrote a book called um, What's Next? How to Transition Like a, Cha- How to Transition like a Tra- Champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a book about what we're talking about, right? It's, um, you know, how sports translates into life and how it can translate into business. Okay. Essentially, this book is giving you the blueprint, the blueprint of what to do in the next phase of your life after sports. Right. So we're going to take a break and hopefully when we come back, we'll have him. Uh, he's going to call yeah. in here and we'll have him on. That'd be the cool, show. Man. So we're going to take a minute and take a break and pay some bills and we'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Black Guy Therapy. Uh, I told you guys before we went to break that we were going to have a special guest when mm-hmm. we came back. Yep. Again, I told you um, this is one of my main guys. Again, I, th- there are stories that I cannot, I, <laughs> if, if he tells you, I might have to fight him. Like It's, it's stuff like that, but me, me and this guy have been through, we've been through a lot together, we've been through some wars. Um, he, he played with me at UT. Um, uh, one of my best friends uh, from school, uh, and he's doing great things now. Again, I told y'all before we went to break. You know, he wrote this book, "What's Next: um, How to How to Transition Like a Champion." Right, sports life business, mm-hmm. um, and it's a book that 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 tells what what to do. It's yeah. a blueprint of what to do after sports, and it's this is something I wish I had. Right, yeah. obviously, I didn't have this. And like I told you, he's always thinking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish he would have told me about this idea back then. Right. right? Slaps like, your head right. a couple times. <laughs> but whatever. We're here now and I have the book in my hand. But uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce one of my good friends, uh, Derek Furlow Jr. Oh, not that. Oh, not that one either. 
Damn, there, there we, we go. go. There we go. There, there we, we got go. the right one. Round of applause. Had to give him a round of applause, y'all. What's up, Derek? <laughs> What's going on, TC? What's going on? Oh, I can't call it. I'm not going to call you Derek. I'm going to call you Furlow because that's what I call you. But for everybody else, again, we're talking with Derek Furlow Jr., the author of What's Next, Sports Life Business, How to Transition Like a Champion. Um, Derek, can you yes. just tell us a little? Yes. I've read this book. Well, I've read part of this book. I'm not going to front and tell you I read the whole thing. But um, earlier we were talking about, you know, kids who get left behind at, at the college level who use the system. And then when the system uses them and, and is done with them, they don't know what to do. So can you just talk a little bit about this book and how and how it's kind yeah. of the blueprint to 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 moving on? So you said a couple of things. Um, people are used by the system and the system. Um, and, and, and they use the system. However, some athletes realize that the system is using them, so they use the system to get where they want to go in sports. Um, however, there are some athletes who don't realize that the system is using them, and then when they finally have that wake-up or that reality check, it's on the back end of a lot of years playing whatever sport they play, and they feel like they just gave everything to this game and it didn't pay off in the long run for them. So when I was thinking about this book, my journey, and guys that came before me and guys that were going to come after me, I realized that it was a lot of guys I played with that left early and find that they'll come back to school, whether they was coming to our school or going to other places. And I always ask myself, why are you coming back? You didn't graduate. You left early. And then you're coming back. And it's not like you really like class in the first place. You're coming back because you don't really know what to do, what, what, what's next for you in your life. So this is just a safe place for you to kind of just get by. Um, so with that being said, I realized either I was going to be on that same trajectory, that same crash course, and we always heard these analogies about what sports taught you. But however, I realized there was never a class that you could take, a book you could read, or a curriculum that you can go through that show you how to take those intangible, transferable skills that you learn from the game, whatever game that may be in the sports arena, and show you how those things or relevant to life or how they're relevant to business that can truly give you that unfair advantage that most people that never play sports don't have in, 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 in life or in business. So when it registered and started making sense to me, I just started to document everything and reflect on all those lessons that I learned from the game. And then I was able to get outside of sports and apply some of those things I learned from the game. And I see how it helped my life and changed my trajectory business-wise. And I was able to show some other guys that didn't necessarily play sports how to duplicate what I did because they watched sports. So at that moment, after doing that for years, I decided that this that was my bigger purpose in life to impact, inspire, and empower people. And sports was just a temporary space for my permanent purpose, which gave me the, the, the foundation that I needed to go out and put a blueprint together to show athletes across the board how to use these intangible, transferable skills that they, that they learn on a regular basis. They can go out here and apply in life and in business to get that true unfair advantage because there are a lot of people who have never really been through things that athletes have been through. Um, so when it comes down to that work environment or those life situations, athletes are most likely been tested um, on multiple different levels in multiple different ways, and they know how to respond. If we had a chance, we get a chance to practice our responses to adversity, to good things, to bad things, and practice our response to winning in, in sports practice our response to losing in sports practice our response to being coached up practice our response to being managed practice our response to being micromanaged practice our response to being successful practice our response to being failures at 
something, like we don't have a chance to practice that. Most people in life don't get a chance to practice that. They go through life or school and go get a job, and then when jobs start getting bad or or, or life starts getting bad because of a spouse or their kids or um, some adversity hits with health, with, with sickness, they have not had a chance to practice how they're going to respond to it. So athletes, I feel like it does give you an advantage. However, if you don't know what the advantage is, then you feel like it gives you a disadvantage. So it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And now I figure we got the, the blueprint that can teach how athletes can have the unfair advantage versus them feeling like they are at a disadvantage because they have to start over when they get into their life at the sports because they don't know how to apply those principles to life or to business. So I just put a whole lot. I'm shut up and let you get this talk. No, uh, no, man. We, we, we all for it. <laughs> Look, you even got a round of applause. So, yeah. So, I love that. And that's the thing. We look, and I'm, I got your book here in my hand and, and literally everything you just said, it, it, there's one there's a statement that you said in the pregame part where you said you can't go uphill with downhill habits. Mm. And and I didn't even realize just listening to you kind of recap it. And and I went through it with you. Right. Because we, we were there together. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize when you just broke it down. We literally have been through a gambit of emotions. Yes. And all of these emotions yeah. are things that we go through every day in our everyday like in our today life, not just our sports life, but our today life. Yeah, that's insane. But it we we never correlated. Never, so never. That that that's the kicker. So in that book, and when you see those puzzle pieces, it it, it and, and where it all comes together, that's kind of how that it all came together for me. And I wanted that to be the blueprint because it was one particular thing that I learned, and that was why I, I, I had a couple of different aha's. But the one from sports happened. My senior year, Coach Kiffin's there, Money Kiffin's there, we're learning a new playbook. And Money had these complex terminologies, and I remember us sitting down one day, and they was using cats not being in shape, cats not knowing the playbook. You know, that's how they was weeding guys out. So I'm like, okay, I ain't trying to get weeded out. I got to figure this out. And I remember we was going through the playbook one day, and he said, hey, Derek, this right here is the same as this right here. So he showed me my old playbook. Hey, this play right here is the same as this play my new playbook. He said, it's the same as principle. And at that moment, the light bulb went off. Because I said, if this is the same as that play, all I got to do is figure out what's the difference. And I already pretty much know this play. So nothing really changed except for what he called it and maybe a couple other things. But I'm just, just the basic of the play is the same. So from that point moving forward, when I got into sales and when I was done playing the game, I got into sales the first three months. They just had me get people, sit them down with the experienced sales reps, and the sales reps told them something, and then I got paid a small percentage of it. Well, after about three months, I realized they weren't being truthful. So I said, <laughs> you know what? I can't work with y'all. I'm going to do it on my own. Yep. Right. So that next nine months, I had a chance to go back and recap what it was like being broke in college because I made no money. Yeah. <laughs> However, finally, when I actually said what made me a leader in sports, I sat back and started thinking about, okay, how did I learn the playbook? Or how did we set an opponent? We would get we would get film, we would get the scouting report, we would review the film, we would take notes, we would go to practice, we would we would we would role play and practice certain plays they're gonna do. We'd go back and watch film and we'll make corrections and we'll go do it again. So when I got to sitting down with, with the with the company and, and the and the sales sheet, I said, Okay, treat it like a scouting report, treat it like I'm learning a, a, a 
run the study and film with somebody. I play. So, so I got a rep in front of me. I'm going to role play. I got the script in front of me of the, the, the sales, the, um, the sales, the sales sheet they want me to use, the history of the company. I'm going to role play it with this rep in front of me. I'm going to record it and I'm going to go back and review it. I want to figure out what did I say, how they respond to what I said, how they get them, then how do I get them to respond, what I, how I want them to respond. And then after I recorded it, I went and reviewed it and I watched it and repeated the whole thing over and over again. So by the time I got to a real person that was actually a customer that could buy my product, I had practiced role play, review, film, everything with a rep that worked for that same company with me, just like I had did when we were studying opponents the week of game week, that whole week, Monday to Thursday, or Monday to Friday. So I took the same thing and correlated it over. And sure enough, I started learning that whole that, that whole sales program went from being at the bottom of the barrel to one of the top guys in the company. So game, the game that taught me how, how, to, how to study, learn, and how to apply it, I just had never applied it outside of sports. So that was one of the first things that, that made sense to me. And that was my learning formula. As an athlete, we had a learning formula. We seen it. We heard it. We did it. We watched it. So I applied that same learning formula to the, to the real world of business. And now I understand how I need to learn and what I need to do to learn my, whatever profession that I'm in to the best of my ability. So that's what I did. And then I implemented it and duplicated it with other people and they got it. So I knew I just wasn't making it up. However, it had been instilled in me from sports. They had never been to it before. So I knew I had, I knew I had an advantage. So that was one of those things that I learned from the game that I was able to go apply in life in the business. And all athletes have learned some things from the game that they, all, that, that they can go apply in life in the business. However, most of the time, we don't, we don't do what I call take it away. Um, correlate it or carry it over and I call that transition formula. T plus C plus C equal S T. Take away, correlate it and carry it over. If you do those things, you can have successful transition. So when I figured that out, I just took some of the things I had learned. How did how what could I take away from it? How did it correlate to the next phase of my life? How can I carry it over? And then when I did that I had a successful transition into sales and business. So it's a lot of things the game taught me, but we have we have we gotta sit down and actually think about them and apply them or reflect on it or do a um uh, asset analysis or, or, or what is the value added the game that gave us and we can make a list of it and then you can see how it's beneficial to you but most of the time we'll never reflect on it if we reflect on it most of the time we're talking about oh i remember back in the day i made this play or back in the day when this happened or back in the day when that happened but what did you learn from when that happened or what did you take away from when that happened and if you can take those lessons on the file that's that's the that's the winning edge right there that's 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 what, hey, that's what that's what a break for me right there. Exactly, exactly. You go to the game maxims on me. Right <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Those are life maxims, bro. They, they really are. They really it. are. And 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 yeah. and Joe doesn't know anything about the Tennessee game maxims, but mm-hmm. um, they General Nealon, who's one of our uh, one of the previous head coaches, uh, he where did he take those? He took those from he took them from somebody else and applied them to football. Mm-hmm. So he took I think they were military yep. principles and he applied them to yep. football. Yep. So gotcha. and and just like what, what Furlow's saying, right? Like, you know, you just gotta sit back and look at it and see how it applies to you. Because right. you've been through it just in a different, different, you know, different way. So I got a question yeah. though. So what do you think about this? I mean, this sounds so easy. Like, yeah, let's just sit down, think about it and go through it. But what about the people who 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 aren't able to do that? Who they sit down and like, well, I don't know how it, how it how it correlates to me. How and and I'm still not getting ahead. Like, how can I how can I still get ahead if 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 they're not doing this this formula? Can they get ahead? So, I guess that's so, a question. 
So, so this is what I wanted to do. For those people, because we got teammates that's in that same boat. I wrote the book, created the ebook, and then dropped the audio book um, last month. So if they are open to being coachable and teachable, they can get ahead. Because guess what? They done been coachable and teachable before. And if they wasn't, they didn't play very long or they didn't last very long. And I don't know what to tell them. True. However, yeah, that's true. if they can revert to being coachable and teachable, we got the audio book so they can listen to it if they don't like to read. And then the next thing, I got transition training, which is 120 plus videos of me taking game-like scenarios and showing you how to apply them in life and in business. So they can look at videos. If they ain't looking at videos or can't look at listen to audio and don't want to read, they don't want to be coached. They don't want to be teachable. They don't want to learn. They want to stay in that situation they're in. And guess what? Until you own where you at and, and want to do something about it, I can't help you. So um, at that point, that's just on you. you it, 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 I, I can't do nothing about that person. But what I wanted to do was create the material. So now it can be a class. It can be a course. It can be a book. It can be something that you can do and take accountability for your life, your decisions, your happiness, and where you want to go um, versus being, well, with me. They didn't teach me this. Sports, sports gave me. It gave me a concussion, a couple of concussions, and now I can't go work over here. It gave me a couple of ACL injuries, and it shorted my career, and now I can't do this. Like Versus living in the past on what the game took away from you, reflect on what the game gave you, because everything you gave the game, the game gave, the game gave it back to you. And like the game, the game paid you off some type of currency. You just got to figure out what that currency is. And guys, sometimes so caught up in reflecting on the past and living in the Living in that that that, that um, hoop dreaming so much, they they never realize what the game gave them back. Yeah. And some some life gonna pass out on a lot of cats, but I feel that the 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 time has come where a lot of people are talking about that transition into life as a sport and the problems athletes are having. So now it's being more discussed, and as long as guys don't feel like they're isolated and realize they're not alone. It's being tools that are put out that I help them. Um, I just and I want to do my part by creating some products and services for them. However, they make the time and may not they might haven't hit rock bottom yet to, to, to use those products and services. So in the meantime, hopefully I can get in front of them or, or around somebody and be speaking and sharing the story, sharing the message, and, and it resonates to them. They realize, hey, I'm not alone. A lot of athletes go through this, and there are some things I can be doing to help me where I'm at. But until guys own it. And stop hoop dreaming and still still thinking it's cool to be trying to play whatever sport on whatever level and putting their family through through hell and high water just just so that they can still be saying that they played the game like until they get past that point um, that's a, that's an identity crisis like they they can't see themselves outside of being anything else but an athlete and they hold on to that so long and that that, that dream gone and time passes so that's one of those things man people sometimes you gonna have guys that do it. Well, not just guys, athletes across the board. And yeah. until they come to that point where they hit rock bottom, they're ready for change. I don't really know what to tell them. Hopefully they're around the right people that can help push them towards or cultivate them towards growth. But if not, bro, some guys got to go through it. Yeah, um, and that's what I was going to say. Some deal. people got to hit the bottom yeah. before they yeah. before they can come to the top. <laughs> so. and, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and Brother Derek, man, let me just say this. I in in the words of my main man while they sue me i'm rooting for everybody that's black so congratulations on the book that's a that's a very difficult thing to to undertake and to complete so congratulations on doing that and i have a question for Appreciate you too it. i uh i was telling yeah. ty before before you jumped on 
I had a friend in high school. He went and he played at Western Michigan. He was one of those guys. It sounds like y'all are similar in this regard. He was thinking about tomorrow. He was way beyond us as far as maturity and, and his thought process. So for you, what helped you to discover that so early? Because it, as, a, as a high level athlete, you don't just do, if people are giving you things, because normally this is what happens. People are pushing you through. They're passing you because they realize the talent that you have. What helped you to get to that point where you were already looking at things ahead of the curve before everybody else was? And when did that actually start for you? So I appreciate that question, man. And um, two things, I had two moments. The first moment was in high school after coming off a, a, a heck of a year, my junior year, my senior year, I wake up for having a meniscus surgery and ended up having an ACA repair, which ended my senior year. And I didn't play ball my senior year. Mm. So at that point, my identity was pretty much, I died. Like my, my, it was the first death of an athlete. Like I, first time in my life, I wasn't an athlete and I was pretty much a nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. So at that point I had hit a rock bottom early and I had to discover who I was. I started being an athlete because at that particular year I became obsolete on the football landscape. So that changed the trajectory of this easy route, easy scholarship, where all of a sudden all those opportunities I had was pulled off the table and I had to go get it again. So that was the first wake up moment. So I had to literally eat humble pie and take the ultimate route because I, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. So I believe the kind of guy kind of woke me up on the front end. So at this point, the doors open up, get an alignment, get a chance to go to the University of Tennessee, get my scholarship. It was delayed. It wasn't even the first year. They gave it to me year two. Mm. And that year right there, a good friend of mine, Inky Johnson, gets, gets hurt. Gets paralyzed his arm, almost dies, and never able to play the game of football again. And us walking into the into the um, hospital to visit him, Coach Slade was talking to him right before all the DBs came in. And I remember Coach Slade saying, Ink, how you feeling? And Ink said, hey, Coach, I'm at peace. And at that moment right there, it hit me. He's at peace, and he can never play this game again. His arm is paralyzed. And I'm up here in a position where I can play. It didn't go my way on the front end, but if this thing were to end right now, what, 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 what's more important than just this game? What, how's this thing going to work out for me if, if, if something does happen like that? Mm -hmm. So those are kind of those two aha moments and like mm -hmm. clues that happened to me that made me open, and then at that point – I was able to get exposed with that football stage around a lot of different people. So I was able to get exposed that there was ways to make passive residual income outside of sports. Cause I thought, I thought sports was a vehicle that's going to get me out the hood. It's going to provide for my family. Right. It was, just a, it was, it was a vehicle that got me to a certain point And then it was trying to get into another car. You know what I'm saying? Sports yeah. got me, it, it, it took me from, it took me from the age of Knoxville and then it ran out of gas and it, it <laughs> that they needed for the next vehicle. It, you, they had a gas in Knoxville. So I had to get in another vehicle. Right? right. So I got here. Sports got me to a certain place, and now getting exposed to different opportunities where you can be successful and be productive and, 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 and have a good life did not necessarily have to be divided by football. And at that moment right there, that's what kind of opened my eyes. And football gave me that stage to be around those right people. They exposed me to those people. So at that moment, that was my sophomore year, that's when I started to just look up again. I'm like, okay, if this doesn't work out, what what is this game really supposed to be teaching me? And that's kind of how I had that that defining moment, those wake up calls, 
and playing safety made me aware. Like I just happened to be aware of what was going on around me. Yeah. That was one of those attributes from the game that I was able to apply personally and take clues and hints and, and, and just realize, okay, this might be trying to tell me something. And I just started paying attention, man. So luckily when I seen guys leave early or come back or come back to school to get their degree or, or whatever it looks like they had left before us, and I'm like, bro, I don't even like class that much now. I know I ain't coming back, so I might as well graduate while I'm here. <laughs> right. And luckily, I graduated while I was there. Even my master's while I was there, but I knew I wasn't going back to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened. Um, and that graduation thing, man, I'm, I'm blessed for that. But the reason that happened to me, my mom said something to me a long time ago when I was younger. I wanted to go outside and play football. We was playing throw them up, eat them up in the streets. Because we had no grass where I lived. Yep. And you had to, it was cars on each side and you were just in the middle. And don't go, don't go to the sideline. You're getting hit on the car. So I went outside one day to go play ball. My mom comes home and was like, you didn't clean the bathroom. I'm like, mom, I did clean the bathroom. So I'm like, go back in and clean the bathroom. I'm like, I cleaned the bathroom. So we go back in the house, man. She spot checked everything I did. And it was the pee around the ring of the, of the seat yeah. of the toilet. <laughs> and then, and then the, the bathroom when they clean. Okay. The bathtub. So she said, if you're going to do it, do it right the first time. I hate cleaning up the bathroom and I hate having to do it twice. So when I got to college and I realized I hated really class, especially math, I told myself I wasn't going to drop no classes or fail no classes because I hate to take it again. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to take it, do it right the first time. Sure enough, I ended up graduating in three years and getting my master's in four. But the reason that happened was because I really didn't like doing it and I was going to do it right the first time. Unlike a lot of guys that had seen that came before me wow. that took whatever classes they wanted to and they had to come back to take classes just to graduate. So, I just was aware of a lot of stuff, man, um, and realized what I didn't want and what I didn't like and what I was not going to do, really. That's that's pretty dope, man. And, and a follow-up question to that, and I hope this isn't too loaded, but I would imagine that for the most part, we all probably come from pretty similar circumstances. And in, in the communities that we come up in, there's not a whole lot of opportunity. There's not a whole lot of outside-of-the-box thinking. It is, this is what you can become in your neighborhood athlete dope boy yep. maybe a musician something like that or I'm, I'm from i'm from michigan uh right outside detroit inkster so or you can go work in the plant those were the really the options how do you yep. help somebody that comes from a similar circumstance to get beyond that mentality to understand that there are lessons to learn in pretty much any aspect of life and then how to change that lesson into something to build off of to, to whether it's to to build income uh, an opportunity to become an entrepreneur whatever it is because the reality is all of us aren't going to be collegiate athletes that get to have our schooling paid for get a, a bachelor's master's degree so how do you help to facilitate that mental change for people coming from that same environment to get beyond the this is what you can become because this is what these are the options that are available to us Man, that's a great question. And I think I quoted this not too not too long ago on, on a quote I put up on um, IG. And people can follow the IG, Derek Furlow Jr., D-E-R-R-I-C-K-F-U-R-L-O-W, Jr. But the quote said, my motivation is to be an example. So at the end of the day, how do you change that? you got to be an example because most of the stuff that's set what we wanted to be, to be a rapper, to be a trapper, to be a ball player, what's those examples that we saw in our community. So the reason I do what I do, the reason you do what you do, the reason I do what you do, if we do those things that are out of the box, outside of those things we thought we was in the box and had to do and become that example, 
and show it, now we give other guys social proof that, hey, you can't be more, do more, have more outside of being a rapper, being a trapper, being a ball player. So the formula is on being the example and then exposing cats to it, really. Like, my life changed when I got exposed to different opportunities, when I got exposed to guys that was making more money than some of my teammates that was in the NFL, and they weren't putting their body on the line. Like, that made me like, what? The exposure. So be the example, and then we got to expose them. So how do we expose them? Whether that's giving back from serving time in the community, whether that's social, whether that's education platforms, whether that's op- um, whether that's um, podcasts like this, whatever that looks like, be that example. I and mean, we just got to make sure we expose them. Let, let the world know. Let the world see it. Because what you see is what you'll be. And if they don't see it, they don't think they can be it, and it truth. probably won't happen. Truth. Legit. That, that is truth. So we run out of time, but we want to make sure that, that our listeners are able to follow you and find your book. Get, let us know where we can get your book and, and where we can follow you at and all that good stuff. Man, you can get the book anywhere. It's in your phone right now. The audio book is, but it's Western how to transition like a champion. And you can follow me on all social media platforms at Derek Furlow Jr. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K-F-U-R-L-O-W Jr. And you also check out com. There you go, everybody. That you is. heard it. You heard it from him. He also, and he didn't talk much about this, but he has a workbook that goes along with the book that we were talking about. Oh, that's tough. So he, he definitely plans it out yeah. for you. So, but y'all know how it is. You, we're running out of time, Joel. So final thoughts. You got anything to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this time again to just thank this brother on the phone, man. There's, there's so many opportunities that, and I don't want to call anybody by name, so I won't, but there, there are opportunities we have to impact our communities positively right. and we don't always take them. So for, for this brother, Mr. Furlow to, to get out here and do what he's doing, the emphasis in my opinion is on building the community that he came from. Right. And that type of stuff makes me feel good. It warms my heart. So again, I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, you have my full support. I don't. I don't know how I can fully support you, but if there's anything I can do, you let me know, man. I'm. I'm all for. It. Like I said, I'm rooting for everybody that look like me, and I want to make sure that we're doing the right things. And this is an instance where somebody's doing the right things. So anything that I can do to help, let me know, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Just follow and share. Share the message. If it resonates to you, man, share. It. Somebody else needs to see it. At the end of the day, yep. we ain't. We ain't here for life. We got to share the message so somebody else that's in their situation can see that they got another way out. So that's literally the name of the game. Exactly. So I'm going I'm to I'm share this and or I'm gonna, I ain't going to share this. I'm going to say this and then we're going to be out. Uh, Ferl, I'm going to be at the house at some point here soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you about that later. <laughs> no, um, but seriously, everybody, if you're listening, um, you know, if you get a chance to, to get a hold of this book, it definitely outlines some things that that will help you transition um, from the sports life to to business, um, from from hell from sports to life to business. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a blueprint, especially for people who are entrepreneurs. Because um, what Derek didn't tell y'all is that he kind of alluded to it, but he is he is an entrepreneur. I mean, this is his job. He he's he's getting people fired up about this book, and he's teaching a message. Yeah. So um, everybody, if you get a chance, check this book out. Like he said, you can get it everywhere. It's on on Apple. Uh, I think it's on Apple. I think I saw it on Apple. It's definitely on yeah, Apple. It's um, on all of them. Yeah. It's, it's on all of them. We got the books. 
Um, and I know he has a workbook that goes along with the book, but um, y'all, we're running out of time and um, we ain't got nothing else to say. So like we do every week, we out. Peace. Thank you.